good to see y'all this morning. It's, it's been a little on the warm side this week, so I'm glad that we get to be in air conditioning. I, was, um, I had mentioned that the guy who invented air conditioning ought to become maybe a saint. And so somebody sent me a text and told me that it was a guy named William Carrier. And so that is my hero of the week. I thank God for that man every day. All right, today we are continuing our series, Bucket List. And, uh, of course, the, uh, the idea of a bucket list is that you're going to, there's some things that you would like to achieve or some things that you would like to do before you die. And, of course, if you look on the bulletin today, one of the things, an item that's on a lot of people's bucket list is that before they die, they would like to do something risky. Now, the way this plays out for most people, as I see a lot of people, as they, they get older, like, well, I'd like to do some things, you know, I'd like to go skydiving, or I'd like to, you know, I'd like to climb a mountain, or, you know, or something like that. And I, I think we sort of, we sort of start making these uh, things, or putting these things on our bucket list, because as we get older, we kind of look back and we realize there's some things that we've, you know, where we were really pretty cautious, and there were some things that we didn't do that now we look back on and think, man, I wish I'd, you know, I just wish I would have taken that risk or I wish I would have taken that chance. Uh, I can give you an example of this. I was actually, I read an article about a blockbuster video. Y'all remember blockbuster? I mean, if you're going to get a movie, that was definitely, that was the place to go. Now, uh, today, blockbuster is no longer in business. Now, back in the year 2000, they had the opportunity to take a chance, to take a risk. And what it was is in the year 2000, they were offered the opportunity to buy a, a pretty new company known as Netflix. Have, have you all heard of that? I know many of you have because I look out and I see some of you and you're laughing and you're entertained on your phone. I think you're on Netflix. And so there's some people, they were, they were, uh, they were, Netflix was for sale for, it was $50 million dollars. Now, Blockbuster in 2000 saw this. They were offered the opportunity to buy them, and they said there is no way like an online mail-out mail movie company is that good. And so they said, we don't want it. It's not worth that much. Okay, kind of moved down the road a few years. Uh, Netflix has done really well. Uh, as a matter of fact, today, Netflix, Blockbuster's out of business. Netflix today is worth $13 billion dollars. 16 years ago, Blockbuster could have bought them for $50 million. I don't know. I'm just taking a wild, you know, sort of like stab in the dark. I bet you there's some former executives at Blockbuster that thought, man, wish we would have taken that risk. And so that's sort of the idea of where we are today is we're just looking at what are some items that are on your bucket list. And I think one of the items that's on a lot of people's bucket list is we look and we think, you know, if I, if I had to do some things over again, I, just, I really wish that I would have taken some more risk. And, and today we're going to be looking in Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to look in verses 8 through 10. So if you want to look there, turn in your Bible there, you can do that. But, but this passage of Scripture is about a man named Abraham. And Abraham was a guy who decided that in his life that he was going to take, take a risk. He was going to try to do some things differently, to step out there. Now, what's interesting is that what involved risk for him is typically not what we think of as being risky. But the risk for him was making a decision that he was going to practice faith. That he was going to have faith in the God of Scripture. 
And we're going to see today that if you really determine in your life that you are going to be a person who's going to practice faith, you're going to place your faith in the God of Scripture, there are risks that are involved in that. And it's just a very interesting concept because we'd like to think if I'm going to have faith in Jesus, that should be, that's like a sure deal, right? I mean, if I have faith, if I practice faith, then I shouldn't have any fear or trepidation about doing that. And yet what I learned from Scripture is that if you really are going to be a person of faith, it's risky. Now, not risky as in God's not going to come through for you, but risky as in there's some things that are challenging about actually practicing your faith. And so that's what we're going to see today in Hebrews chapter 11. And, and you might be familiar with Hebrews 11. If you look in Hebrews 11, it is known as the Hall of Faith. I mean, it's got all these incredible people in Scripture who demonstrated great faith in God when, when they didn't even know if it was going to happen or not. But they said, you know what, God, we're just simply going to trust you. And as you go through the book of Hebrews or the Hebrews chapter 11, you're going to see people like Abel and Enoch and, and Noah, uh, Moses, Sarah, you know, all these great people of the Bible. And they were people who stood out and who were different than other people that are mentioned in Scripture for a really simple reason. They decided they're going to take a risk. They decided they're going to, they're going to take the challenge of actually trusting that what God says is true. And Abraham was one of those people who was going to do this. And it was going to be a risk, but God had promised Abraham. He said, if you follow me, if you trust me, God said, Abraham, I'm going to make out of you and your people a great nation. So, so why, is, why is faith risky? If we're really going to be serious about following Jesus, why is it something that, that seems to be risky? And I just want to share with you just a few reasons why faith is risky. Why it's, a, you know, why it's something that is a challenge for us as people. And the very first reason that I see that faith is risky is because of this. Faith involves following. If you decide that you're going to practice faith, it means that you're going to put yourself in the back seat and you're going to allow somebody else to drive the car. That you're going to actually follow what someone else says, and in this case, what God says. Now, I want to read to you in verse number 8. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, what did he do? He obeyed, and he went out to a place he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out, and this is my favorite part of this whole verse, not knowing where he was going. God called him to leave a particular place. He said, I want you to leave, and Abraham said, I will do it. And so he packs up and he leaves. And he has no idea where he's going. Now for my wife, she's thinking, that sounds like me. I never know where I am. I am always lost. But that is not the idea here. Abraham was not lost in our, in our text. Abraham was demonstrating faith. Now when we use the word faith, you know, if, you're, if, you're, uh, if you've grown up in the church, you know, you're, we, we call, I call it Christianese. We speak this Christian language and one of the words that we use is the word faith. Sounds really good, but you know, what in the world does it mean? You know, we, we say, I have faith in Jesus. You know, I have faith that, that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. I have faith that what the Bible says, that it's true. You know, faith is more, that it is more than a word. Faith is an action. Faith is a practice. 
It is, it is putting into action what God says. When we say that we have faith in Jesus, it means we will follow Jesus. We're going to trust in his leadership. We're going to look and see what this book says, which is scripture, which is God's word. And I'm going to have faith that what God says is true. And so if I have faith, it means I will live it out. It, it means that I will actually put it into practice. Now, being honest with you, if I'm really going to do that, that's not always very comfortable. Matter of fact, there are times it's a little bit when it's a little bit scary. You know, for me, I'm a status quo person. I mean, I really, I, I you know, people say I got to get out of this rut. Y'all, I love a rut. You know, because I'm nice and comfortable. I don't want to kick. It's like digging my own grave. I, it's nice and cozy. I don't want to kick out anything. So I like everything when it's predictable. I like. I like it when I feel like I know what's happening. I, I like it when I feel like I know what the future holds and I'm in charge of it. But that's not, that's not faith. If my faith is in Jesus, I am willing to trust him and follow him. And sometimes if I'm going to respond in faith to God, God is going to lead me and move me to go to places and do things that I'm not necessarily comfortable with. Now, if you look back in, in verse number 8, what did God call Abraham to do? And so if you have your Bible in verse 8, if you just look there, it says, by faith Abraham, when he was called, he, he did what? He went out to a place he was going to receive as an inheritance, not knowing where he was going. God called him to leave where he was. Now, let me tell you something. Faith is risky for this reason. God will call you to leave where you are. If you decide you're going to follow him, he's going to call you to a new way of life. He's going to call you to quit living for yourself and to live for him. For Abraham, it was even more than that. It was not just, God, Abraham, I'm calling you to live for me and not for yourself anymore. He said, Abraham, I want you to physically leave where you are. Now, if you're, you know, if you're younger, you're like, ah, oh, man, I could do that. It's not that big of a deal. But here's the thing about Abraham. You know how old Abraham was when God called him to do this? He was 75. Now, the older I get, I'm thinking, 75, it's not that old. But, you know, to actually get up and to move on, to do something different, that is a big deal. Abraham, you'd have to say, Abraham at this time, he was settled. He was living in the land of Ur, which is modern-day Iraq. And God said, I know that your, your family roots are here. I know that your life is already dug in here. But he said, but Abraham, I'm calling you by faith to follow me where I tell you to go. And that's what faith is. And that, that's risky. To do something that's not necessarily in your comfort zone. And yet Abraham was willing to follow. Now if, you, if you're going to be serious about your faith, and if I'm going to be serious about my faith, y'all, faith is it's going to move me. It's going to move me to live different. To put myself in the back seat. You know, we're told in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. It says, The old has gone, behold, the new has come. When you follow Jesus, you change the way that you live. We're told in Acts 3.19, it says, Therefore repent 
and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out and that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Now I really believe one of the biggest challenges and obstacles that people have in following after Jesus is because it means changing how we live and for whom we live. And, you know, and I like doing what I, want to, what, I, what I want to do. But living the way that God teaches us to live, it, it's, it's better. You know, when I live for me, here's what I've learned. When I live for me, it never satisfies. You know, I, I always want more. It's never enough. And I feel like I'm always missing something. But when I follow Jesus, and I follow what he says... And I live like he calls for me to live. I promise you this, it's always better. Now what if Abraham would have avoided or ignored what God told him here? Well, I think he would have gone on living in the land of Ur. Would he, would he have missed out on anything? Oh man, you better believe it. He'd just be a, he wouldn't even be a footnote in history had he ignored God. But in Genesis 12, this is what God said. He said, if you follow me, he says, go out from your land, your relatives and your father's house to the land that I'll show you. And then God says, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Is that a cool promise? Like, can you imagine? If God just, you know, like, it just like came up to you and said, you know what, if you follow me, I'm going to bless the entire world through you. That's pretty heady stuff. And so Abraham takes the chance. And he packs up and he heads out because he trusted God. There's a book I read a, a number of years ago by a guy named Donald Miller. He wrote this book called Blue Light Jazz. It's a Christian book. But in the book, he tells a story about a friend of his who was friends with the Navy SEAL. And they, they had gone on a particular mission somewhere, and I believe it was in the Middle East, and they had found out that there were hostages that, were, that had been imprisoned in the basement of a home for several months. And so they went there to rescue these people. And so they, the Navy SEALs, they come in, and the... You know, they did what they needed to do to get to the people, and so they, they get down into the basement, and uh, the Navy SEALs, they start talking to the people. They said, we're Americans, we've come here to rescue you, follow us. And they did not move. They just sat there, and they curled up, and they laid down the ground, and they were cowering away from the soldiers. And the soldiers tried everything they knew to try to get them to follow them, and they wouldn't do it. Finally, one Navy SEAL took off his helmet, laid down his, his rifle, and then he walked over to where the people were, and he laid down next to them and curled up until one of them looked him in the eye. And he said, we are Americans. We've come to rescue you. Come follow us. And he said whenever he did that, he said the, the people later on, they discovered, they said whenever he laid down his rifle and took his helmet off, we realized this isn't like some guard trying to trick us. Nobody would do that. And so they got up one by one, and they followed the Navy SEALs out, and they were rescued. Now, when I read the story, here's what I thought. I thought, that, that's Jesus. That, that's what Jesus did for us. He, he comes to us, he came in the form of man to identify with us because here's the deal. It is this world that is holding me hostage. And Jesus says, I want you to follow me. I know it seems risky, but I want you to follow me because I have come in order for you to be able to have freedom. Now, now faith is risky, and it seems risky because it involves following, but it's also risky because of this. And this one's interesting to me. 
faith involves something else, and that means waiting. And faith can seem very risky because God calls for us at times to wait. And we see this in verse number 9. It says, by faith, Abraham, or he, stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. Okay, so what, what happened here? Well, Abraham obeys God, and he moves to where God tells him to go. He doesn't know where he's going, and God leads him along the way, and he ends up in this land that God called him to. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I, if, if, God, if I heard God calling me and saying, this land is going to be your land, if I'm showing up, and I'm thinking, all right, everybody out of my way, this is my land. You know, I'm going to pick out the best piece of property if I, when I came into Israel and said, we're going to build my castle right here, and all of you people are going to build it for me because God gave it to me not you. Okay, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. And so I'd be really excited about that. Okay, so is this what Abraham did? Now, it's interesting to me. Abraham didn't do that. Abraham followed. He did what God told him to do. But if you look in verse number 9 and see how he responded, it says, by, by faith, so he goes into the land. It says, by faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise. And this is one that blows me away. Living in tents with Isaac and Jacob. I can't think anything worse than that. Okay, so he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise. I mean, what's, what's up with that? Why, why is he doing that? You know, we live in a culture of give it to me now, right? You know what the average wait time is for a person? When, when you're on your computer and you're waiting for the screen to load, you know how long on average we are willing to wait for that page to load before we move on? Ten seconds. It's not very patient. Okay? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, I grew up in dial-up time. So I was thinking, 10 seconds, man, that was like fast. But you know, we, we live in a culture of give it to me now. That doesn't work with God. God says, if you're going to live by faith, he says, you're going to wait. Now, now what, what are the good things about waiting? You know, it, it doesn't take faith to get stuff instantly, right? That doesn't take any faith. You're not waiting for something to happen. Faith is you are waiting for something to happen, trusting that when God says he's going to provide, that's exactly what he's going to do. And when I wait, I've learned this about myself. When I wait, it builds my strength and my stamina and who, and who God is. And when I see it happen, then I am reminded that the God of Scripture is true. Abraham waited. He didn't force his way into the land and say, hey, everybody, pay attention to me because this whole place is mine. He didn't do that. He waited patiently, and then he was able to sit back and watch God put everything together. And there's something powerful when God puts it together and you don't. I, I can give you a personal example of this. And, and again, just, just for the church here. I, I, I had a very, Emily and I both, we had a clear calling that God was calling us to Blythewood. We really believed that. God laid in our hearts to come here and to, and to begin a new work, a new church here. So we came here. Now, when we came here, here's what I thought. I thought, it's almost like Abraham. God has told us to come here. We're coming here, and that means that immediately everybody's going to fall into line. And uh, it's going to be absolutely unbelievable. And this whole community is going to be transformed through the ministry of Village Church within five days. Okay, so we show up. And that did not happen. And man, it was, I mean, it was, it was crazy. And it was slow. And we had to wait. But now looking back, 
I'm glad we had to wait. If we would have come and, then, and things would have begun to happen immediately, we did not have the ability to handle anything. You know, I was so full of pride and arrogance, God had to cut me down to size. And so it was good for me to wait. And then as we waited, here's what was really cool. We began to see God putting things together that we knew we had nothing to do with. And so we knew that God was the one who was doing it all. And let me tell you, waiting, it's risky because you're not real certain because you don't see it immediately, but it builds your strength and your stamina and who God is. So if you decide that you're going to follow Jesus, man, it's, it's risky because it means following, it means waiting. And then here's the last thing. I, I see another risk, another reason why faith is risky, and it's because of this. It's because it involves hoping. You've got to hope. And sometimes we're scared to hope because we don't want to get let down. In verse, number, in verse number 10, it says this about Abraham. It says, For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Now, for Abraham, a part of faith for him was hoping. It was, it was looking forward to the future and not just the here and now. Now, as you read about Abraham in the beginning of Genesis 12, in Genesis 12, if you go all the way back, God said, Abraham, through you, I'm going to make you into a great nation. Abraham had to know at this point that he was never going to see that with his own eyes. I mean, you know how old he was when he, whenever Isaac was born? He was 100. It's not like he was thinking, okay, I can't wait till we have grandkids and great-grandkids. <laughs> this guy's going to die. He's not going to get to see it happen. So you think, well, what in the world is he doing? He's not going to get to see it with his own eyes. What's he doing? He's hoping. He, he wasn't looking in the here and now. He's looking to the future saying, I'm not going to be around to see it with my own eyes, but I am hoping that what God, and when I say hope, I mean he's like looking forward to the future. God's going to make it happen because he said he would. Man, that is an awesome guy right here. That he is able to look forward in the future and say, I'm not going to get to see it myself. But there will be a day when God's going to make it happen. Because he's true. Now for Abraham, one of the things he was looking forward to is he was looking forward to heaven. He was looking forward to that day when he would be with God forever in an eternity. See, Abraham knew, I'm not placing all my hope in the here and now, in this life. Because this life... Yo, we know this. The things of this world are passing away. The things of this world are temporary. The Bible tells us that in 1 Corinthians 7.31. It says, this world in its current form is passing away. But Abraham's hope was in who God was and who God is. Isaiah 48 says, the grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of our God stands forever. Hebrews 10.35 says, so don't throw away your confidence which has a great reward, for you need endurance, so that after you've done God's will, you will receive what was promised. For there's coming a time when the coming one will come and not delay, but my righteous ones will live by faith. Now, you might think this. You might think, why should I be faithful to God? You know, because I, I'm not seeing, I, and there's a lot of us who probably think, you know what, I've lived for Jesus for a long time. I pray to him, and look, look what it's got me. Yeah, it looks the world is upside down and on the crazy train right now. And we think, I'm praying. You know, I'm trying to be faithful. Where's the reward? Where's the change that I'm praying about? 
Here's a lesson from Abraham. Don't allow circumstances to drown out the promises that God gives. Now this world is falling apart, but I am telling you that Jesus and his word is always true. And God says he will give strength to those who will endure to the end. Now now the question is, will, will we trust him? Now, is it risky to trust God? It's risky. I mean, you look around right now and you think, man, it's pretty risky for me to trust that, that God's going to make all things new. That's pretty risky. Because it doesn't look like, you know, people, tell, people say, hey, we're evolving. I, I, you, I believe in devolution. You know, we are devolving. We are totally devolving. But God says it's not always going to be that way. Trust me. Follow me. And we're told this in James 5, 7 through 8. He says, be patient. Wait. Be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. He says, behold, the farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until it gets the early and late rains. But you too, you need to be patient. Trust that what God says is true. I want to close with this story. There is a famous man he was in the uh, 1700s, early 1800s. He was the first missionary to India. His name was William Carey. When he went to India, it took him over seven years. For seven years, he did not see one convert to Christ. Now, today we would look at him and go, that guy's a failure. You know, we'd look at him and say, we need to pull that guy off the field. He needs to go somewhere else because his work is definitely not working. But here's the deal. He believed God called him there, so he went. He was looking at India through eyes of faith. He didn't see anything happen right then, but he was saying, I'm trusting God called me here. He was there for 35 years. So he could count on one hand the number of people who became followers of Christ because of his work. Well, what happened? Well, during that time, he translated scripture into several different Indian dialects, and the missionaries followed him there years later. And there are many people who became converts to Christ because of the work of William Carey, who really, from earthly eyes, didn't see a whole lot of productivity. But he did his work by faith, trusting that God called him to that place. Now, is living that way risky? It's, it's kind of risky. And it looks risky to live by faith for several different reasons. It means you're going to follow. It means you're going to wait that means that you're going to hope, even when things around you look hopeless. But our hope is that what Scripture says, who our God is, is that He is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. And when He says that there will be a day when He will make all things new, and that He will make all things right, that He's telling the truth. That is our hope. Because, guys, if we don't hope in that, we don't have any hope. What's on your bucket list? My bucket list is I want to live with a little more risk in my life, believing that what Jesus says is true, and then hanging on to that promise, believing that he is the only hope that we have. 